0: Community Church. My name is Rich and uh, I'm one of the co-lead pastors here and it is so great to be with you. We uh, appreciate you being here and choosing to be with here us here on another sunny day. It's multiple days of sun in February. I mean, if you didn't think miracles can happen, it can. And apparently there's some kind of football game going on today and we know you could be doing something with that, although who knows any of these teams? I don't. Uh, so thanks for being here. Those of you who are online, thanks for choosing to be with us online in that capacity. Um, it is really good to be with you. As I was here this morning, behind the scenes, our internet crashed. So I was running up and down the stairs again, trying to get things going. And um, But the whole time I was doing it, I could hear you all singing and um, just reminded of just the power of being in community, to be together, to worship together, Um, there's something really important and powerful about that, and so I just want you to know how much I appreciate you guys being here. Um, Today, we are diving into week five of our sermon series called Jesus Said, and with it, we've been taking each week to look at different times Jesus taught us, particularly found in the Gospel of Luke. Um, and I don't know how it's been for you. I found it to be really powerful, encouraging, um, applicable, and um, it's interesting as we planned this series out a while ago, um, I knew I was going to be speaking on this topic today, and um, had no idea some of the things that would be going on in my life waking up and getting to this place, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, it just always amazes me, too, again, how the Spirit moves and leads and, and gets us to a place and, and speaks to us as a congregation, specifically located here in Seattle on this street at this time. And I don't believe it's any coincidence that you are here. I think God was purposely desiring you to be here to join us today. Um, so, Today we are gonna be talking about the topic of worry, of stress, and anxiety. Um, And so before we get there, uh, let me open us up with some prayer. Father, Son, Spirit, uh, we thank you that you are near, that you are here with us as close as our very breath. And even now as we just hear the word worry, as we hear the word anxiety and stress, we can feel things. And so, God, today, as we look at your word and, and as we hear you teach us, uh, pray that would connect with us in our story, our situations, and our circumstances, that you would encourage us and challenge us and, and help, us, uh, help us to follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, some of you know, um, may not know, um, This week was a little crazy. Um, My wife, uh, a a week and a half or so ago, out of nowhere, uh, part of her lung collapsed. And um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, And we did some things prior to that to hopefully get things back to where they need to. Um, It didn't do what what needed to happen. And so we need to go in for a big procedure um, this week. Um, She had to stay in the hospital. They had to put uh, a tube in her lung to pull out air and fluid, um, all with the hopes of restoring her lung back to where it needs to go. And, and um, you know, you never want to go to the doctors, really, and you know, especially for something like that. Um, but truth be told, I mean, the situation, the whole process went pretty smoothly. Great, great doctors, nurses, even the room that we were in had a nice window. It could, there was sunshine. Um, But at the same time, I mean, you know, this is my wife, and uh, her lung is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, and there's no kind of sense as to why. Um, So she went through this procedure, um, and uh, it definitely restored a lot of it, but not all of it. Um, And so she's home, um, but she still has a tube in her chest, Um, and we go in on Tuesday um, to hopefully find out that everything is back to where it needs to go and it can be removed and we can move on. Um, But I would be lying if I told you I wasn't worried about any of this. I had zero stress, um, no anxiety, right? Um, My wife would be lying if she told you I wasn't worried about it. I had no stress, whatever. The, The day she woke up, feeling it and went to work, Um, you know, she was checking out symptoms, am I having a heart attack, am I doing this, that, and the other, all the things you do, because when things get out of control, we don't understand things, it's very natural for us to worry, and I want to be really clear right up front, Um, what I'm not going to do today is say whatever it is you're worrying with, Um, it's not bad. I am not going to say the things that you are worrying about. Everything's going to be fine. And I'm not going to say you have no reason to be concerned. None of those phrases are things Jesus says to us. They're not helpful. They're not true. And it's just straight up denial. But if what Jesus says to us today is correct, then our situations that we're in can be bad. Not necessarily will they work out the way we want them to, and they may be total legit reasons for being concerned, but if what Jesus is saying is true, we still don't have to worry about those, which is really interesting. And as a result, I have been absolutely challenged this week, actually the last two weeks, with this as I've been thinking about it. So, real quick, just to get us thinking, with a show of hands, how many of us currently have at least one thing we might be worried about? Okay. Anybody have multiple things we're worried about? Hands up. Okay. Awesome. How many of us would prefer to have less things to worry about? All right. Awesome. Okay. Now, as you think about your worry, your stress, your anxiety, just real quick, if you were to think about what your body does or how... Worry or stress manifests itself in your body. What might be some words that come to mind? When I'm worried, my body feels what? Anxiety. Anxiety. What else? Stress. Tense. High blood pressure. 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 Digestive Digestive issues. What else? Teeth clenched. clenched. Sleeplessness, yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Fear. Fear. Today, when we look at what Jesus has to say, he's talking about worry. He actually talks about it multiple times. And in fact, if you talk about this idea of not worrying or do not fear, um, Some will make the argument that shows up over 365 times in the Bible. There's even devotionals made, the do not worry devotional. And every single day for the entire year, you can look at a different verse that has to deal with worry because we all worry. And before we get to our text, and if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to it, Luke chapter 12, 22 to 32. And if you don't have a Bible, you could go grab it. Um, But before we do, I just want you to maybe close your eyes Um, Maybe take a few deep breaths and think about whatever those worries are, those things that you have going on in your life. Think about the impacts they're having on you in your day-to-day, on your relationships, on, on your physical body. Think about the impacts, these things that you're worried about, you're stressed about, you're fearful about, you're anxious about, and think about those. And I want to invite you to try to listen to these words from Jesus as if it's the first time you've heard it, as if Jesus is speaking to you knowing you're feeling these things and you're currently going through these things. And so with that, I want you to just listen to Luke chapter 12, 22 through 32.
1: Then Jesus said to his disciples, is that
0: on? Hold on, is that green light on? Can you make sure the handheld mic is on? I'm a little
1: worried it's not, oh, there there. you
0: go. Could you start that over? Thank you.
1: Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers flowery about the rest, flowers grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Awesome.
0: So as you're breathing, as you're taking in your thoughts, you're pondering the things that you're worried about that make you stressed and worried, Jesus starts off by saying, do not worry about your life. What you eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Now, we generally don't find ourselves consumed with issues about our food and our clothing. I mean, we might go out and go out to eat and and get worried about whether we made the right choice on the menu or where to go to eat. Um, But day to day, we're not usually super worried about that. And as far as our clothes goes, we're not usually worried about that. Although we might worry about whether we're wearing the appropriate clothes to a particular uh, event or maybe when we need to go buy a new pair of jeans, we're just like, I don't know, I'm kind of worried, did I make the right choice here, right? Um, we don't think of those things in the same way as they did back then. For Jews back then, the, particularly these disciples who literally dropped everything to follow Jesus, the idea of what we're going to eat and close was a big thing. This is not the type of things we find ourselves worrying about. We tend to worry about things like, um, you know, our jobs. Will we be advancing in something? How about school or our health? Grades, raising a family, insurance, politics, retirement, you name it. And we tend to think these issues are different from the ones that are talking about here in the text. But when Jesus says life is more than food and the body more than clothes, he's actually making an argument that really applies to anything we worry about. And so if you think about it, isn't your life more than a job or getting into the right college or, or, or getting married or having kids or, or getting your kids into the right school? Isn't your life more than just paying the bills or politics, or insurance, or getting the house painted, fixing the gutters. Whatever it is you are worried about, is whatever it is worth more than your life? Is it more valuable than your life? And the answer is no. Are they important? Sure. But are they more valuable than your life? No. And then Jesus goes on with this statement to give us two illustrations to help us understand this even more. The first one, he talks about birds. And he talks about ravens in particular, but the word translated ravens could also be crows. So as you hear this, maybe think of your neighborhood crows. There's hundreds of them everywhere. Um, But you can have this picture. And with this in mind, Jesus says this. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body and what you will wear, for this life is more than food, and your body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They do not sow or reap. Now the side note here is, in the Mosaic Law, Jews could eat clean birds, right? Doves, other birds that fed on grains, birds that were not allowed. And this included ravens, crows, hawks, vultures, and owls. And the reason was because these kind of birds fed off of flesh and blood. So they were considered unclean. So of all the birds Jesus uses for his example, he picks an unclean bird, not fit for even eating, And Jesus says, consider the crows. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds, not to mention unclean birds, not fit for eating. Now, this doesn't mean that God literally fills the bird feeder every single day, right? They spend their day finding food. They put the work into finding it and devouring it. It's not a cakewalk. It's not just this free-for-all. And nor are we to expect this simple idea that we just sit there and God's going to bring a ribeye to us, right? That's not how it works. We still need to put in the work and we can do what we can. But Jesus is saying, but you got to trust that after you've done all that you can, that God will do all that God can. And with that, we are to expect God to provide for our needs. And Jesus tells us that we should expect that because if God does this for unclean birds, not fit for eating, of course he's going to do that for his children who are so much more of value. But again, we read that and go, okay, that makes sense. But do we believe that, right? Do we believe that we are more valuable? And we can even say, yeah, of course, I think I'm more valuable than the crow. But do you believe God will provide for you in far greater ways than God does for the birds? His point is not don't bother trying to get into good schools or advance your career or anything like that. His point is don't worry, You do what you can do, and you trust God to do what you can't do. And this isn't this like fatalistic kind of idea because we're not trusting in fate, right? We are trusting in the faithful presence of God so we can rely on God's provision and protection. Now, if you go, "Ah, that's a little simplistic. I don't know if I can do that. Then I want you to consider the question that Jesus presents us here in verse 25. Jesus says this, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Great question. Jesus tells us that worrying can't accomplish anything anything. So if you can't accomplish anything with worrying, why do it? When my wife started feeling all these things and we all start worrying, did our worry do anything? No. If anything, it starts freaking us out. We have panic attacks. I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to have all these things. What do we do? Right? The worry doesn't accomplish anything and it doesn't give us more time. It doesn't make life better. And Jesus points it out. We all know it. It doesn't accomplish anything, so why do it? And then Jesus builds on this with his second illustration and says this, consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor has dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Here just reminds us of the lilies of the field. And for us, we might picture something like the image of the tulip festival in Mount Vernon. And Jesus is looking at this image. And says this, consider this, consider the glory of the flowers. And then realize that even Solomon, Israel's richest king, could not compare. The grasses of the field are clothed with glory, even though in a few weeks grasses will be bone dry and collected for fire. Jesus basically says, why are you so concerned about clothing when God so elegantly clothes the wildflowers just like those? He basically gives the same argument. You're far more valuable than these flowers. If I take care of them, why worry that I won't do the same for you? You're far more valuable to me than any flower. And then Jesus continues and gives us the good old little tap and says, you of little faith. You of little faith basically means you with little confidence in God. And Jesus says this because Jesus understands that there's this relationship between your worry and your faith in God. In a sense, Jesus is saying, if you had perfect faith in me, what what would you worry about, right? If your faith was perfect in God, why worry? If you believe God loved you more than the birds and the flowers, then why worry? But instead... You put your faith in other things. You devote yourself to other things. You strive for other things. And the more you put your faith in other things, the more you'll worry. Another way of saying this is that our worry is an indication of our greatest devotion. And our point of greatest devotion will be the point of our greatest emotion. The things we feel the most emotional about are the things we're most devoted to. Now, it's funny because we can pick something really simple like pineapple on pizza and we can get passionately devoted in our cause to make sure no one does this, right? No one would think of doing something so sinful as putting pineapple on pizza and we can get hot about it, right? I'm not that devoted to pizza, but I can still get fired up about it. Imagine the things I'm deeply passionate about. And they get challenged. Or we lose control of them. Or something about them breaks. Or your wife's lung collapses. You can feel the emotion that kicks in. And Jesus knows this. And Jesus goes on and says this. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. Today, Jesus might say to us, don't set your heart on how you will retire or how you'll pay for school. Don't set your heart on your going, how you're going to pay the bills, or your health, or how you're going to be cared for when you get older, or politics, or work, or whatever you devote yourself to, because the more you devote yourself to it, you're going to worry about it. Why? And he says that, right? The pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows you need them. Your father knows you need them. Here it says that unbelievers are running after all of these things because for them, what they see is all there is. Security is up to them alone. In other words, when we are worrying, we are acting like God doesn't exist. Or if we believe God does exist, then we apparently think we can't trust him to do what he says he's going to do. And so Jesus here is equating worry with what we set our hearts on and what we run after. And that phrase, to set our hearts on and to run after, translating the Greek, means to be devoted to, to seek diligently, to strive for, to desire, to aim at, to fixate on, and to be consumed by. And we all know that feeling. When this stuff happened with my wife, this is all we've been thinking about. I forgot that there was a youth event on Friday that I planned. It wasn't till Friday afternoon, this was supposed to happen on Friday, at three o'clock that a parent said, hey, is it still too late to go? I had thought on Tuesday when we knew we were going into the hospital that this was gonna get canceled. But I was so consumed that I completely forgot I had a meeting for the school that I teach at to meet with all the section leaders. It happens every Friday. I did not even realize I missed it until Saturday because everything I'm devoted to with regards to my wife and what was going on consumed me. That's what I was fixated on, and I was full of worry. Again, we worry about what we are most devoted to, And most fixated on. And Jesus then says, your heavenly father knows that you need whatever those things are. Do you believe that? We can't rush by this. Do you believe that God knows exactly what you need? Not necessarily what you want, right? I want a new Ferrari. Do I need one? Eh. Debatable. No. Um, We get it, right? God knows exactly what we need. And Jesus clearly says that God knows what we need. So what do we do? We all worry, right? What does Jesus say is the solution to our problem with worry? And the answer is pretty clear when we look at how the text is broken down in verse 29 through 31. This is with some translation in here. But it says this do not fixate on what you eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world fixates on all such things and your father knows that you need them. Rather, fixate on his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. That's what verse 31 says. Seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Jesus' solution For worry is that we need to shift our devotion because our devotion drives our emotion. We are to seek after and to fixate and to set our minds on and to run after the kingdom of God with all the energy we have previously spent struggling for food and clothing or whatever occupies our worries. If we are so occupied with survival and control, We'll be distracted from Jesus and his kingdom. And we're left with struggle and worry and stress and anxiety. But if our thoughts and mind and prayers focus on Jesus and his kingdom, then we have a promise that God will supply every need that we have in relation to the abundance of his riches in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says as he's instructing the Philippian Philippian church. It's an echo of what Jesus says when they are in a place where they're forced to have want, they're striving, they're figuring out how much fear they have, and Paul tells them, the Lord is near, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, the things that you're worried about and stressed and concerned, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul continues, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and is noble and right, whatever is pure, what is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Focus on the problems and struggles of life, and you get anxiety. You get worry every time. Focus on God and God's faithful presence and provision, and you will be flooded with the peace of God in the midst of whatever it is you're going through. You'll know you're not alone. And then Jesus will say something like this Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased. To give you the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I love that Jesus ends his teaching this way. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. God the Father is pleased to give you his kingdom. Here we're worried about all these things, and Jesus says, You know what's going to help you with worry? Shift your devotions, your desires, and the things you strive for away from the ways of the world and devote yourself to me. And I promise I'll take care of you. Look how I take care of the least of these birds, the the unclean ones. Look how I take care of and bless and clothe these flowers. You are so much more valuable to me. I know exactly what you need and I'm delighted to give you the kingdom. This is what Jesus says to his disciples and this is what Jesus says to us today. And I don't know about you, I needed to hear this. I have been full of worry and anxiety, not just this week. If I'm being really honest, I feel like ever since the pandemic, everyone, including myself, has just been functioning in a higher state of worry and anxiety and fear. And this is not how it should be, nor is it how God intends us to live. Now, at the beginning of our time, I asked the question, where does worry feel like? What does it feel like in us? How is it manifested in our body? And I I wanted to show you a chart, and I apologize now because you're not going to be able to read it. So it's just kind of like a waste of a chart. But um, this is a chart that I use in two of the classes that I teach. um, And it has to do with how we attend to our body. So when we asked how we feel when we're worried, we started coming up with all these things. And this chart is designed to help us uh, be aware of our physical bodies and the impacts that our emotions have on it. And um, you've probably heard me teach this before. If you're in marriage counseling or relationship counseling, I'll often say something like this. When your emotion is high, your reason is low, right? Or to flip it, your ability to reason goes up really high when your emotions are really low right? And this chart illustrates this reality in amazing ways. So, for example, we start in the green. When we're calm, we're relaxed, when we're at ease, at peace, we're in this green place. This is our happy place where we're able to be mindful, present, grounded, all those nice words. It's our happy place where we rest and our defenses are down. This is what God refers to as shalom, Physically, this is where digestion is working, right? Our blood pressure is good. Our immune system is doing everything it should be. We sleep well. We feel rested. So much more. We all can picture that. We might be dreaming about being in the green right now. Now, as our emotions, for whatever reason, start to go up, we start to move into the yellow areas. And that's where we start experiencing things like worry and frustration and anger and fear and irritation. And with it, we move to a fight-or-flight response. Our defenses go up, and our ability to reason starts to go down. Our blood pressure goes up, along with our heart rate, Our adrenaline increases. This is what happens um, when we start worrying. And we all know what it feels like. And sometimes it can just be the littlest thing that can get us from the green to the yellow, right? Some of you might be realizing, wow, I've been in the yellow for a really long time. And I think ever since the pandemic, a lot of people have been functioning in the yellow for far longer than their bodies designed to be in. But it gets worse because it can go all the way up into the red. And when it gets into the red, this is when things get really bad. This is where we start feeling deep depression and shame, feeling of hopelessness and feeling trapped. You might have people describe themselves as feeling numb. They have no energy, no motivation. Maybe there was times during the pandemic where you're like, I have no motivation to do anything. I feel stuck. Um, I feel like my systems are starting to fail My life feels threatened. And if we stay in this zone too long, this is literally what happens. Your body is not designed, just like a car, is not designed to function redlined all the time. And so I bring this up because we rarely stop to make sense of our body, let alone listen to it. But our bodies tell us a lot. Have you been more irritable? Have you been struggling with sleep? Has your blood pressure been higher than normal? Are you more irritable? Do you feel like you don't have energy to do anything, even on a beautiful day? These are all physically signs your body is in a place of worry and stress, anxiety, fear, you name it. And the more we stay in the yellow, or even worse, the more we stay in the red, the more damage is literally done to our physical body. That's not even including the damage that's done to all of our relationships. So maybe just take a moment to take a deep breath And to attend to your body. What color are you currently functioning in? Where do you find yourself in most of the time? Some of our workplaces are built around us being in the yellow. When was the last time you were in the green? And how long were you in the green? We talked about Sabbath and rest. There's something built into our system that says it's good to be in the green. But if you're only in the green for 10 minutes a day, you can see why things aren't going well. I give that to us because I think the more we can be honest about what we're going through and how we're struggling and how we're worrying and the impact it has, the more it invites people in. And, and so one of the beautiful things with this stuff going on with my wife is I started sending out things to the prayer team and the staff and the elders and my friends and my family. And so then throughout it, I have all these people sending out, I'm praying for you. I'm here. How are you doing? Do you need a meal? Do you need this? You feel supported. And all of a sudden I realized I don't have to give all my attention to this thing that's giving me all this stress and worry. I felt supported. I felt part of a family. I recognized God was near and with us in the midst of it. It didn't make the situation go away. But how my wife and I and my family could be in the midst of it is different. Does that mean I slept wonderfully every night and at ease? No. Because, again, I struggle with this just like everyone else. But, man... uh, I kept arguing with God, like, why did you have me teach on this this week? I didn't, (laughs) seriously, like, did you, what was that about? Um, But at the same time, I was so thankful. Because it it oftentimes gave me places to pause and to remember God's provision, God's protection. Um, God is near God is with us, and God is manifesting his presence, his protection, and his provision, not just through his spirit, but through my friends, through my family, through our church community, Um, and I think that's a little bit more of the picture that Jesus is inviting us into, and so hopefully you hear Jesus is speaking us today, and he's saying, you are far more valuable to me than you know. I want you to experience more of my peace and less worry and anxiety. And I want you to know and experience the truth of God's protection and provision and its impact on your heart and your mind and your soul and strength. Don't worry about those things. Instead, focus on me. Even when things are bad and hard and confusing and difficult, you can trust me. I promise to always take care of you, and I take care. Great delight in doing so. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and they're going to give us just a little space to pause. And again, I just invite you maybe that during this space, you just take some more breaths and think about how's your body doing? How are you doing? Are you in the green? Are you in the yellow? Are you in the red? Um, What are those things that you've been consumed with what are the things that you've been fixated on? And, and maybe God is inviting you to rethink that. Um, and if you'd be willing, there's some connection cards on your seat, or if you're online, you could use the link in the online platform. But maybe just some questions. Today we looked at a specific teaching from our rabbi, Jesus. What do you think Jesus intends you to learn from it today? And how might God be inviting you into application of this? And I'd love to hear your thoughts. But if all you want to do is tell me, Rich, I've been struggling with this, or I've been feeling stressed about this, whatever, that's fine too. We'd love to pray for you. And with that, I want to make sure you know, as we take this space, our prayer team is available. They would love to pray with and for you. They'll be right over here. Those of you who are online, um, you can use the online platform and they'd love to um, pray with and for you there. All you have to do is click the request prayer button to the left of the chat and, um, in the order that you're received, they will enter into a private prayer chat line. So with that, maybe take some moments to pray, to confess, to own, to give thanks, to be honest, to be filled, uh, to dream. Maybe just, maybe just the space is just to take some deep breaths to rest in that green zone for a few minutes. And the song we're gonna be singing in a few minutes is just, again, a reminder of how God has been faithful in our past. You may have heard that theme throughout our songs. Um, when we're reminded of God's faithfulness, it helps us in the midst of whatever we're going through to trust and have faith that he will continue to be that way. So maybe as we end, you can use this song as a song of response. Let me close in prayer, and then we'll... We'll end with our time. Father, Son, Spirit, I thank you that when I'm feeling stressed and I'm reminded of the impact of my body and I take a deep breath, I'm reminded that you are right there with me. I say that with, with a wife who has part of her lung not doing what it needs to do and it's hard to breathe. But you're still near. You're still with us. Whatever it is we're worried about, that we're feeling anxious about, that we're feeling stressed about, they're real. There's nothing about them that don't warrant our concern. And yet you say, God, you don't have to worry. I'm with you. You're more valuable to me than you possibly know. I'm delighted to provide and protect you. I know what you need and I'm with you. God, I know I need to hear that today. I've been needing to hear that every day. And I thank you for this place to pause and just to think about the impact our worry has had on our body. And God, I pray you would help us today, this Sunday in this sunshine, find some places to be in the green, the fine place of shalom, of rest, comfort, that we might just celebrate your goodness. And God, as we um, sing this last song of response to God, just help it be a reminder of your faithfulness to provide and protect, to be with us as you are right now. Pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, in the Holy Spirit, amen.